Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside a good friend of mine, fellow Aussie, host of the Locked on Fantasy Basketball podcast here. I would say the all-conquering fantasy basketball podcast of the Locked on uh, network here. And we also had a 12-month stint with the Locked on AFL podcast, the Australian football show that we uh, were getting off the ground here as well. So a familiar voice and a familiar friend of, of mine. It is Josh Lloyd. Before I bring him in, I remind you about Locked On NBA Wednesdays. It's small market meets big market on Wednesdays. Join Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans and John Corrales of Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Josh, what's going on, man? Kane, how are you, mate? I'm doing very well. And I've got you here today to talk about fantasy basketball. And I've, I've said this before on this show, I don't play fantasy basketball. And the reason I don't play fantasy basketball is because I'm too impatient and, I, and then I, I have a week off here or there. It is a grind. I know I've spoke to you before about doing the show and, uh, and playing it as you do. And it, is, it's, it feels like a full-time commitment. So that's why I don't play, but I always keep my eyes on it. So I've got questions fantasy related to the Bucks today. People have been asking for this episode, but you're Australian. I'm Australian. The news of the day in the NBA is about an Australian. Ben Simmons, he's not showing up, Josh. He's not even going to show up to training camp. Doesn't feel very Australian of him. <laughs> Didn't show up to the Olympics, not showing up to training camp. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, it, it does feel, I don't know, like a, a fait accompli that, that he won't be playing for Philadelphia. But do you really think, how many times, how often does a player not show up? There? When's the last time I've had a, a holdout in the NBA? I can't remember. Unless there's one that I'm just missing, but there's been teams and players that have said, just don't worry about coming. Andre Iguodala, J.R. Smith, um, Trevor Ariza, like, don't worry about it. And they went, fine, we won't, we won't worry about it. But I've never seen recently a player not, uh, not turning up. Yeah, it's, it's normally during the season, isn't it? I mean, last year we had Al Horford in Oklahoma City as well. PJ Tucker wasn't playing with the Rockets. Bucks fans very familiar with that story and how that played out. But yeah, to, to not show up at all in the preseason is interesting, particularly with the way that NBA trades are normally navigated. But the, the question I had for you, and uh, I've spoke about this on the show before, projecting ahead to whatever you want to call it, rankings, tiers, however you want to look at it, with the Eastern Conference so far, I, I basically have the Bucks and the Nets on their own, and you can rank them however you want to rank them. Then I've got a bunch of teams that are in a, in a mix that could potentially step up if there's moves during the season. And then I had the Sixers as a complete wild card for this exact reason that we don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. So is there a trade out there that, uh, and you might have a different opinion about the Sixers already, but is there a trade out there or a team out there that you like, uh, not necessarily for Ben Simmons, but for the Philadelphia 76ers that can lift them into that contender status? Yeah, I don't know. Because I think at this point, Kane, that, that Simmons is being underrated across yeah, the NBA. Yeah. They're acting like he's 
I don't know. Let's throw it for a Bucks perspective. People acting like he's Sandro Mamakashvili. Like he's not. Like he's good. He's a, he's a you know second in defensive player of the year, all star caliber player who had a couple of glaringly bad moments in the playoffs and has a reluctance to shoot at times in the regular season. That has really clouded the value that he that he can provide as a player. So you know, finding that trade that makes Philadelphia better, it's really tough unless you're talking about. Yeah. Is it Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal? I don't think that's what's going to go down. Yeah, the much-rumored CJ McCollum deal. Well, McCollum's not as good as Ben Simmons. I don't think there'd be anyone that argued. There'd be, actually, there'd be people, plenty of people who would argue that. They'd be wrong. <laughs> but there'd be people who would argue that. Now, whether that is... Yeah, whether McCollum would fit better and make the Sixers better as a team, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I don't think he's obviously not the level of passer and you'd need someone in there who could actually run as a point guard. I don't see that that player out there, which makes it really tough. And I guess that's why he hasn't been dealt yet because they could trade him for future draft picks and prospect type players, but that's not what Philadelphia wants. It's not where they're at in their timeline. So I, 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 I find it hard to see how it works. And I guess that's why these reports are coming out where Simmons is like pushing Philadelphia's hand saying, I'm not going to turn up because they're saying, well, we, we will trade you, but we need something back that is going to make us as good, if not better. And that's really hard to come by. Yeah, I tend to agree. And if you look at the teams and look, he, we see him. He's always down in Florida. He's in California. The man wants some sun. He wants to be sunbaking out there during the basketball season. So, hey, you know, whatever. If that's what he wants to do, that's fine. But with a team like the Golden State Warriors, for instance, all these trade packages that you see coming back, they're not including Steph Curry. They're not including Clay Thompson. So, again, as you pointed to, whether it's a Moody or, or whoever it is in draft picks, I don't think Joel Embiid is sitting there saying, yeah, give me some draft picks for the future. He doesn't give a shit about that. He wants to win this year. And so that's why I think it's complicated and completely different to last year when we sat here. And Brooklyn was kind of the team that was in that wild card status where uh, you, there was a James Harden trade that we thought was going to happen at some point. We were looking at Philadelphia. We were looking at Brooklyn. And I do just think it's funny... You're from a if you're a Bucks fan or an other rival team in the East to look at Philadelphia and say you could have had James Harden this time last year and now you're talking about draft picks and Moses Moody, things change pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, when, when you talk about these these moves that the Brooklyn made, I just yeah, and Philadelphia could have had their hands on got their hands on James Harden. I don't know, but they remember Kane. This is a team that was the number one seed in the mm-hmm. Eastern Conference last year. Like this is a team where it's like, oh yeah, they're dreaming if they think they're winning a title. They were the number one team. And yes, it didn't work out in the playoffs, but uh, I don't know. Look, who, who, who do you think is the player? Like, is Darren Fox a gettable target? He's not as good as Simmons, but he also can't shoot. He's, he's more of a shooter than Simmons, but he's, he can't shoot. Is he the guy that would, that would make them equal, if not better? Would Sacramento even do that? Probably not. I, I don't know. Well, I find it interesting that it, when you're talking about the California teams and Golden State seem reluctant the only team that is is kind of a little bit interesting is the Clippers, but would they trade Paul George after they've, they've just gone through this process of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? They don't know what's happening with Kawhi this season. I don't know, but I do feel like, because I, I just cannot see Portland saying, yeah, let's do Damian Willard, unless he decides I'm not coming, unless he does the same thing and both teams are in a situation where they're, they're not playing, then maybe that forces the hand a little bit there if Willard wanted to find a way to Philadelphia. But other than that, I don't know. Is Paul George the best player that they could get for Ben Simmons at the moment? I'm not sure. I still thought that they were better off uh, having him play for half a season. And then everyone remembers and says, oh, this guy's actually really damn good. Let's that's, that's not worry about the postseason. Hopefully the trade value pumps up. But if he's not going to show up at all, I don't know what Philadelphia does because do you go in the season and, and you're starting 
Tyrese Maxey and you don't have Ben Simmons there and then it it's changes the, the calculus of the team altogether. Well, the, the report also today is that if uh, <laughs> traded, Tyrese Maxey is going to be gone as well because he's a, he's a clutch client too and they want him out of there. You, you talked about Paul George. I, I, think, I think Paul George is a better player than Ben Simmons, to be honest. So if they get Paul George, you do it immediately. There's an, I don't think there's any way the Clippers are doing that, but he is a better player than Simmons to me, which might be un-Australian of me to say, but yeah, he's a, he's a better player. It could be, but hey, uh, I, I think as far as the listeners for this show, I don't think that there's a team that uh, Bucks fans enjoy uh, failing more than the Philadelphia 76ers. So I'm sure that they're all enjoying this right now, uh, particularly after the last few months. All right, Joshy boy, let's talk about sweat block right now because I reckon there would be a number of people sweating over their fantasy drafts coming up here in the next few weeks. So this is perfect. Specifically, we're talking about sweat block wipes today uh, that a doctor created, doctor recommended. They work for up to seven days per use, and there is a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep help you, if sweat block doesn't help keep you dry, you get your money back because we know there are a few things in life that. It's just not fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason. It is embarrassing. So Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day without worrying about sweat. It's guaranteed. So you can get Sweatblock wipes for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Locked On, or at Amazon or CVS. Now, I know all you guys have heard about Direct TV, but uh, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to find uh, to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in the one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices apply Content varies by package. We've got you here for fantasy, so let's get into this. And I think it would be wrong to start anywhere other than Giannis. And I know uh, following your Twitter feed, following the show, you're getting into uh, leagues are starting to, to, people are signing up to leagues, drafts are coming up, people are going to be diving into this. So let's just cut cut straight to the point here. Giannis, uh, where do you have him? ranked this season heading into the season and you can explain the different leagues whatever however you do this uh compared to where he was last year or in previous seasons i don't really see much changing to be honest he is a top three pick in most formats you know category leagues or points leagues you probably take him at one or two in a points league in a category league his free throws are are a real problem and but you know you draft him and you deal with everything else and you just you just deal with that issue so to me like the lowest he should go is five in a category league, and he's probably a top two, top three guy in a points league, but I'd be happy to take him at three in a, in a category league as well. So to me, he's, he's probably a top three player heading into this season. So you're buying the game six, 17 for 19 from the free throw line coming into this year? <laughs> if, it happens, if it happens, it's great. I don't think there's no chance of that happening. And 
even with him being you know horribly bad and horribly high volume from the free throw line, I still would have, have no problem in taking him in the top three in a category league. And if that does come true, and all of a sudden he is, say, let's say 80%, not like you know, 95%, say he's 80% from the line, then, uh, then it's, a, it's a real bonus. Then he jumps up to being a top two, top uh, number one player, perhaps. So who are the players that people are going to be debating if they have the number one pick or number two pick, number three pick? Who are the players that they're debating, Giannis or... Number one is going to be Jokic. There's no doubt about that. He's going to be uh, number one in every format. Um, Doncic is going to go um, in that mix as well. He's probably going to go too high in category leagues. I wouldn't have him in the top three, but in a points league, he'll be there. So it'll be Jokic, uh, Doncic, Giannis. Um, throw Steph Curry in there in a category league, and there's probably your top four uh, across both formats that you know, people are making those decisions on. There's, there's sort of a slight gap after those guys. You know, You could throw James Harden into that mix, but people will be super panicky about his hamstring and thinking he's going to rest all the time, which he won't, but people will be panicking and thinking that he is, so he'll drop down a little bit. So last year, it was probably around this time last year or somewhere uh, in the past, we did a all-time fantasy different rankings. I was terrible at it. I was absolutely horrific. Uh, you put me to shame when we were doing those rankings uh, just just by uh, me the, having no idea about what I was actually doing and just looking at players and thinking he was a pretty good player, maybe not in, in fantasy sense. So Giannis... The way that he's trending, and we always have this conversation and everyone has this conversation about players and where they sit and where they could sit all time. And we look at the individual accolades that Giannis has and continues to add to with the All-Stars, the All-NBA, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, all these types of things. What about a fantasy perspective, whether it's at this stage of his career or the trajectory that he's heading, where, where does he sort of sit or where is he trending to sit among some of the some of the other greats that we've seen, and perhaps a lot of our listeners have grown up watching. Yeah, I think from a fantasy perspective, he gets hurt because of the the low volume threes, um, which is obviously a category in fantasy versus you know some of these other guys. Also, the the poor free throw percentage. So when you go back and when we're doing that all time fantasy draft, you know guys like yeah Larry Bird and uh, and Michael Jordan, even though they weren't hitting tons of threes in comparison to their contemporaries, they're still hitting quite a few of them. And then you got those you know, legendary uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson type seasons. Um, you know, the Steph Curry, 15, 16 seasons, one of the best ever. James Harden's had one of the best seasons, fantasy seasons ever a couple of years ago. So he's not at that level because there is, is those or are those couple of deficiencies in his game. And I don't really see those two things developing. Like I'm not, Giannis is not going to come out and start banging in, you know, two and a half threes on seven attempts per game. I, I, maybe he is, but I wouldn't have thought he's going to start doing that or hitting you yeah, 80% from the line uh, on nine attempts, which would put him into those you know, all-time great type categories. I just don't think that's going to happen. So he's sort of a level behind that sort of all-time great fantasy production. So does he need both in terms of the three-point percentage or the free throw percentage? Um, yeah, I'd say, probably, I'd say probably one. There's always going to have someone with slight deficiency. And you know, if he became a good free throw shooter without hitting volumes of threes, that's fine. But when you hit those, when you have the free throws be such a problem, it's it's a real negative. Rather than being a zero, it becomes a negative, and, and that's where that you know, sort of costs him in that area. So, what about a player like, and, and I'm just this is just off the top of my head, someone like Kevin Garnett, for instance, didn't shoot threes either, better free throw uh, percentage guy. Um, where does he sit among some of some of his best seasons? You might not know it off the top of your head, but just in, in general, um, from memory, Garnett's probably a little bit better because, as you said, he was a really good. A uh, really good free throw guy as well, but you know, Giannis is not too far off that. Like he's going to be a top five fantasy guy 
over the next year, four or five seasons and has been for the last year, two, three seasons. I don't really see too much changing there. So he's going to have this prolonged stretch of you know, top 10 type production, which is going to be up there with those, with those greats, but not quite at the pointy end. Again, it's not a bad comparison with his ability to pass, block shots, get steals, rebounds, score, uh, do it with high field goal percentage as well. He's just, yeah, those couple of, that free throw percentage is probably the real killer there for him. Thank you very much. Thank you for the compliment there with the, uh, with the comparison. All right, let's get to some of the questions and some of the other guys, obviously, people are more interested in. Like you said, I think Giannis is, a, is kind of a no-brainer if he's there and you're in the top five, whatever it is, you might want to pick him there. So uh, let's go to Clayton at CCala141. He says, uh, in a nine-cat league, when should I be targeting the other two guys, Drew and Chris Milton? Uh, to me, they're, they're pretty clearly in that third third round sort of an area i don't really see massive amounts changing maybe they push into the fourth round but to me they are they're fairly safe with fairly limited upside to get better like we don't unless Giannis goes down and then they both need to take on a you know knock on wood they both need to take on a larger usage type role they're going to be third or fourth round guys really really safe in that type area in you know 30 to 45 type area of a draft and i don't really see that being controversial or huge amounts changing there and I'm assuming if they were both there, Chris Milton, sort of a 25 and five guy, three point shooting, free throw shooting, he would be ahead of Drew, or is that uh, closer? Yeah, I've got Middleton marginally ahead. Like last year, they finished 27th and 28th with Middleton huh. at one spot ahead of Holiday, and yeah, I've got them in that same sort of 30 to 35 type range again with Middleton slightly higher. But yeah, it's it's a toss up. You wanted a point guard, you get Holiday. You need someone on the wing because you took a point guard earlier on, then, then take Holiday. The, the difference between them is pretty marginal in terms of overall fantasy value. All right, Bill Wesley asks about the fan favorite, the man with the keys to the city of uh, the, some city in America, Bobby Portis. Does he have any fantasy value as a bench option? Punch Bob was pretty good last year, 119th ranked player, but he was doing it on, and can you be well aware of this, shooting numbers, which uh, if you're expecting that to happen again, I think you're pretty delusional. What, he hit 45, 45% of his threes was last season? Very high. Yeah, and, and I say this on my show all the time. He can be a really good three-point shooter this coming season, right? We can look at back and go, geez, Bobby Portis was great. He hit 40% of his threes. But it's still five percentage points lower than what he did. And you go from being extremely good, which carries so much of what you're doing, to being just good. And that's where that value disappears. So he was coming in with this high usage role in limited minutes. But because all the threes were going in at a ridiculously high level, if that falls off somewhat and instead of hitting... I know what he hit two threes a game at 46%. If he hits 1.5 at 40%, then he falls out of consideration for most 12 team leagues. Being a guy that, you know, when if Lopez sits down or if Giannis is out with a game with rest and Portis comes in and plays 29 minutes, you add him and you use him there. Otherwise, he is just a fringe guy who provided that value on the back of shooting, which I felt was always going to be unsustainable last year. It kept going for most of the year. I just don't think it's going to, he's not a 46% three point shooter long term, I don't think. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I think we all look at the postseason and yes, he had some big moments, but there was also a series, obviously the Brooklyn series, we know where he picked up some DMPs. But I think if you go back to the regular season and remember how that actually played out, PJ Tucker uh, wasn't playing a lot. I mean, he was injured when he came to the team. So it's not like he soaked up a lot of Bobby Portis' minutes. So to your point, uh, perhaps what he did last season and if you do expect that he will come back to earth a little bit from three, um, it, it might be similar. I'm certainly not sitting here expecting that Bobby Portis is is going to to have more of a breakout regular season or see those numbers uh, come up there. As we continue to go through 
the role players here. And the Bobby Portis fan club is surprisingly not asking about Bobby Portis, but he says, what fantasy value can we expect Grayson Allen to have with the Bucks? Will it be something similar to Memphis or uh, are you expecting uh, differences there in the numbers? Keeping in, and, and you can let us know, what are you projecting in terms of minutes early in the season, particularly uh, now that we, we don't think Dante is going to be there for at least a, a little bit? I think, yeah, at the start of the year, and you'll, you'll be able to you know, back me up on this. Yeah, that I think he just plays basically Dante's role, like yep. that 28, 29 minutes a night, and then moves into a 23, 22 minute a night role when DiVincenzo's back to full speed, whenever the hell that is. Um, last season, Allen was solid enough. He played 25 minutes a night. Look, if he ended up totaling or averaging 25 minutes a night over the season for Milwaukee, I wouldn't be surprised at all. He probably gets a little bit of a usage ding because he's playing with better players. In Milwaukee, so I wouldn't be overly excited about what he can do. He hit two threes a game, and that's useful, but literally nothing nothing else he did was exciting. So there'll be a little bit of a boost for him early on, but his, his overall skill set is pretty limited. He's a low rebounder, low defensive stats guy, doesn't get a ton of assists. He's not going to have the ball. If he's you know, starting alongside Holiday Middleton and Antetokounmpo, he's just not going to touch the ball outside of spot-up three. So I wouldn't get too excited. And the upside in taking him with, say, your last pick is pretty low. Like he's, We're not going to say, wow, Grayson Allen breakout. He's averaging 17 points and he's dishing five assists and grabbing eight boards. Like He's not going to do any of those things. He's going to go out there. He's going to hit two threes a game and going to do very little else would be my, would be my estimation. So uh, it's Karen or Karan. I'm not 100% sure. Karan Talwa says uh, we just spoke about Dante. So are you doing anything with Dante right now? Are you completely staying away from him? I guess if you're a big-time Dante stan, you might, uh, you might try and pick him up there. But uh, is that a stay-away zone right now? It's really tough to, to trust that. You know, we don't know the injury status at this point. Plus, there is the addition of Allen, who will put a cap on those minutes. And we would have hoped, or I would have hoped, heading into last season with the way the roster shook out, that we'd see Dante play 31, 32 minutes a night and really bump up his numbers. And it just didn't happen. Like, what did he play? 27 minutes a night last year. He was 130th best player for fantasy. But that, a lot of his value is based on steals, and they can be quite variable season to season. And his, both his shooting percentages were pretty rough. Uh, I would watch to see what happens. But you know, with a guy that's not going to start the season, most likely, has some uh, efficiency problems. And Bud has shown in the past that he will not play him those typical starter minutes. It is tough to get excited. Well, it's built by time, Josh. Before we get back to the questions, and uh, as we've been discussing here uh, for a number of weeks, Unlocked on Bucks. It's uh, it's all about freedom of choice when it comes to Built Bar. There are so many delicious flavors that there really is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan like me or Josh, uh, you know they're always going to be definitely passionate about their favorites. For me, coconut, mint brownie, you can get me very excited about both of those. But if you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're simply missing out. Go to Built.com to check all of them out. Uh, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're also healthy too. And they're also the official protein bar of the US track and field team, which is pretty cool. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com and then jump across to betonline.ag. It's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. I did notice today, this morning, the Packers made their cuts to get the uh, the 53-man roster. You know me, I'm a football expert. So as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get updated odds, odds props and contests, including online's biggest 
half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200K NFL survivor contest now open at Bet online so you can head to the website use your mobile however you want to access it you can do it and if you sign up today you'll receive a hundred percent welcome bonus so uh you know as we keep on saying bet online it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports football basketball boxing baseball whatever it is your favorite vegas casino games they're all there just use the promo code locked on that's bet online your online sportsbook expert I think with most teams you always see and we've spoken about this a lot and we've looked at the bucks over the course of the last few seasons and they haven't really had that explosive bench scorer that you see that a lot of contenders have you look at utah you know whether it's jordan clarkson other teams are in a similar boat but with the bucks particularly with holiday middleton and Giannis, it does really just feel like there's a cap on the role plays and, and you know that it just doesn't feel like it's the, the numbers or the usage or the shots whatever it is, are going to get that much better than that unless they have a breakout shooting performance like Bobby Portis, like George Hill the season before, those types of numbers. Yeah, it's really tough to get just enough minutes or enough of the ball. And now, again, your bench is going to consist of when Dante's back, you're going to have Grayson Allen on the bench, you're going to have George Hill, Connaughton, you brought in Rocket Rodney Hood as well. Like, There's a lot of different guys who can... Yeah, It's not one guy like Jordan Clarkson and Ingles who are carrying that jazz bench. There's two guys on that bench and no one else. With Milwaukee, you've got a number of different players who will have that uh, have those opportunities and, and have their minutes you know, capped and then you're keeping Drew on the court when Chris sits and all that sort of stuff limits the upside of those bench players. So one of those bench players, and we saw him in the Olympics, put up some big numbers, uh, oh, Jordan yes. Wara. Uh, are you... Uh, is, is, I, I assume that this is, again, a wait and see because I, at this point, I don't even see him in the rotation uh, to start the season, but who knows? He could be a guy... Uh, to watch throughout the season, just given his ability to score. As we said, the Bucs don't really have a bench scorer. He can certainly put the ball in the bucket. I think he's got a chance to be in the rotation. You're going to look, Hill, Hill, Connaughton, let's say Grayson Allen, Bobby Porter. So those four guys will, will lock in as rotation guys and there will be an extra spot when Dante's out to begin the year. And then he's battling with what, Ojale and Rodney Hood, Thanasis as well. Like he could eat, look, Rodney Hood, and has ripped the torn Achilles. He was terrible last season. So no reason that Wara, who is six years younger, can't come in and say, oh, I can be the guy out there that just takes shots, which is all Hood does, but at least his will go in. I think there is some upside, but again, to see him play 25 minutes a night and average 15 points, it feels like a lot has to go wrong for a lot of other players for that to come there. But he's at least got that upside, whereas I don't think I can see George Hill all of a sudden becoming this high-volume bench scorer or, or even a hood at this point in his career. So War has got that upside. I want to watch where it goes, but there's a lot that needs to happen for that to actually come to reality. Do you think the Bucks are deeper? This is a conversation we've had here again, and this can be either you know fantasy or non-fantasy perspective. I mean, you've rattled off a lot of guys that are potential role players. Like, I think they do have some room to move, particularly during the regular season. And okay, well, is Ojale going to bring anything? Is Rodney Hood going to bring anything? Oh, well, Jordan Morris sitting there. They seem like they have a lot of guys that, in theory, could be in the rotation. Yeah, I think they are deeper than at least where they were to begin last season. Of course, you know, losing PJ Tucker yeah, hurts that, that depth perception. Big fantasy on... player. Big fantasy player, PJ Tucker. Oh, yeah, he's four points per game. A massive... <laughs> but I do think that they are deeper. You're know, bringing in Hill, Allen, Hood, uh, Ojale. Like they're all guys that will be competing for rotation minutes. Um, and then yeah, you've got the second year yeah, improvement, hopefully, coming from Anwar. So I, I do think this team is deeper than they were last year. I think the only guy we haven't brought up is Brooke Lopez. And 
you know, just an interesting guy. I don't know where he stands in the fantasy fantasy perspective. Last year, uh, just off the top of my head, he was around the 13 points, five rebounds. Three-point percentage came up a little bit from it was disastrous the season before, but still not all that impressive. Still gets your block shots. Any value in Brook Lopez? Yeah, look, he's fine in that back-end area of a draft, around you know, 9, 10, 11. He's still going to block his shots, but they have started to come down uh, a little bit as well from where they were over two a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, he hits free throws, but doesn't get to the line very much. He scores okay. I don't really see huge amounts changing from what Brooke did. The problem with him is there's a real minutes cap, and with Porter still around, that he won't, they won't have to push Brook Lopez to 31, 32 minutes a night in the regular season. He'll play those 26, 27 minutes. He'll block one and a half shots. He might hit one and a half threes and he score his 12 or 13 points, which is totally fine. But the upside on him is pretty low. But yeah, he's a guy that you'd, I would draft over a DiVincenzo or a Grayson Allen pretty clearly, or, or a Bobby Portis, of course. We don't want Giannis injured, but if Giannis rests from time to time or might have a night off, we've seen... In previous times, that's generally when Brooks starts to get those touches. The paint opens up for him a little bit. The man scored 33 points in the Eastern Conference Finals, so he, he can still score. But again, it comes down to the usage and the shots and the way they try and you know, run the offense around Giannis, which probably limits his ability to score a little bit. Have we missed anything? Is there anything you've got to add about the Milwaukee Bucks this season? Any advice, any tips, anything of that nature? Um, I don't think so. That they are one of the sorry to say this game, one of the most boring teams from a fantasy perspective. <laughs> we know what Giannis Middleton Drew is going to do. We sort of know what Lopez will do. We expect some shooting regression from Portis, and then there's yeah those yeah, Hill Allen Divincenzo minutes to sort of just mush up on the bench. There's nothing, no big breakouts coming, no massive changes from last season. There that we know what we're going to get, which is great to have that sort of predictability. But in terms of excitement or what's changing, there's not a lot that's going to be uh, different. I think from last season. So you're not seeing, uh, I guess I'm, I'm making an assumption here, but you're not seeing a uh, Drew Holiday for Ben Simmons trade. Is that what you're trying to say? I would be, I'd be pretty surprised if that uh, if that went down. Drew Holiday homecoming in Philadelphia. I, I don't think that's what that'll be going down. I think the I think the Bucks would be pretty happy with how things uh, currently stand. Yeah, I, I think. You know, Ben Simmons, he's used to booing in Philadelphia, but he might, uh, he might get some booing in Milwaukee if that trade ever went down. But before we wrap this up, I'll bring up the Locked On Today podcast with our friend from Locked On Packers, the host, Peter Bukowski, updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Josh, it's always a pleasure. We, we didn't talk about footy. We didn't get uh, sucked into our old ways and both our teams are... You know, the win or go home finals this weekend. We're both probably pretty stressed uh, waiting for the weekend and hopefully some good results. So this was a good filler of time. Fingers crossed, Kane. Yeah, we'll hope for the best. So that's uh, Josh Lloyd. What's your Twitter handle? Red Rock underscore B-Ball? Correct. That is it. Yeah, make sure you follow him. He doesn't have enough followers. I think he's got 30,000, 40,000, whatever. He's, he, he's, I said, he's the fantasy expert in uh in the world not just with this network so make sure you check out his show it's always crazy to me when i talk to josh and how many people are listening and how big the show has got so make sure you check that out like locked on bucks daily monday through friday you can also hear him on the locked on nba podcast from time to time uh, he's doing it all and uh, i mentioned we're going to be heading to youtube soon but this guy i'm looking at him right now he's he's set up it's 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 professional it's it's unbelievable so check him out on youtube as well and uh is that have i pumped you up enough i think that's uh, i think that's plenty actually that's probably too much so uh, let's 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 bring it down a couple of notches and just tell people that you know that i'm looking ugly and fat and old or something 
Well, they can, they, they can decide for themselves on YouTube. We'll leave it there. We'll be back tomorrow for Josh and myself. We'll catch you guys then. Peace.